1: What do you get excited about? What do you think about the most? What do you dream about, plan for, perhaps scheme for? What are you passionate
0: about? That is your God. Pastor Greg Laurie says, making the Lord your God is the pathway to a settled contentment. If you will put
1: God first in your life, I promise you on the authority of Scripture, everything else will fall into its rightful place. Put Him first. This is the day when the lost are found This is the day for a new beginning Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Can you hear all the angels are singing? This is the day, the day when life begins
0: Have you ever driven with a tyre that's out of balance? Sometimes it feels like the tyre is bouncing down the roadway the steering wheel wobbles, your seat vibrates, and you wonder if you're losing control. But stop at a tyre shop and they can adjust the balance and give you a smooth ride once again. On a new beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie shows us how to adjust a life that's out of balance. If your life is feeling a little wobbly and out of control, here's an adjustment today from the 10 Commandments.
1: Let's look now at these commandments together. Found here in Exodus 20, starting in verse two, commandment number one. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. That's commandment number one. No other gods before him. Do you think you've ever broken that commandment? A survey revealed that 76% of, of all Americans, consider themselves completely true to the first commandment. So do you think that's accurate? That most of us have never broken the first commandment? I suggest to you we've broken it more than we may realize. Because everything starts with the place of God in your life. Because you will end up serving what you worship. Remember when Jesus was tested by Satan in the wilderness? And the Bible says that the devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I'm not even sure how that played out. But we know that Satan, the devil, is described in the Bible as the god of this world, the prince of the power of the air who rules over the demon forces right now. So in a sense, the devil said, this this is my stuff, and it belongs to me. Interestingly, Christ did not dispute it. I don't know if he gave him a glimpse into the future, but whatever it was, the devil's saying, This is all my stuff. And Jesus, I know why you've come. You've come to die on the cross and purchase back what was lost in the Garden of Eden. And I'm going to make you a deal you cannot refuse. (laughs) Bad Godfather imitation alert. (laughs) Satan says, I'll give it to you. You can have it on a silver platter, you don't have to die on a cross. You don't have to go through any of it. I'll give you what you've come for. Here's my condition. He says, I want you to worship me. Jesus says, thou shall worship the Lord God In him only shall you serve. Wait, what? The devil didn't say anything about service. He said, just worship me momentarily. Worship me. But Jesus said, only worship God because you'll serve him. In other words, he's saying, you'll end up serving what you worship. You see? So what is on the altar of your life is of the greatest importance. But here the Lord now gives them the motive for keeping the commandments. The motive. Verse two, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. God does not start by threatening or scaring them. He starts by reminding them of what kind of God he was. A loving, caring God who delivered them from bondage and misery. You might say, well that's great for them. They were slaves in Egypt. Well hey, you were a slave too. We all were to sin on our way to hell. But God loved us so much he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sin and we turned from our sin and believed in Jesus. Thus we have so much appreciation for all that the Lord has done. Therefore it should be our privilege and pleasure to seek to live a life that is pleasing to Him. Not because we have to, but because we get to. You see, you don't obey the Bible because you have to, you obey because you want to. And the reason you want to is because of all that God has done for you. You love Him because He first loved you. That's what the Bible says. Jesus did not say, keep my commandments and I'll love you. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So before the Lord tells him what he wants him to do, he says, hey, check it out. Look at what I did for you. So this should be your way to respond. My love for him is a response to his love for me. Now Kathy and I, as we mentioned, we've been married for 46 years. I have certain expectations of her She has certain expectations of me. God is the same. He wants an exclusive relationship. He doesn't want to share you with other gods any more than your husband wants to share you with other men. How would it sound if a wife says to her husband, Honey, I'm going out on a date now with Chad. (laughs) I don't know why I picked Chad. (laughs) Seemed like the right name, Chad. Something sketchy about the name no they're no, I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm gonna have all the chads rise up in anger against me is anyone here named Chad sorry Chad because I can tell you you're a great guy your wife there keep your eye on Chad just... anyway I digress but if The wife said, hey, I'm going on a date with Chad tonight, honey. Oh, and I I probably won't be home tonight. I'll see you in the morning. That's crazy. Can't have that. You need faithfulness in a marriage. Honor the vows that you make in a marriage. The Lord says, I want the same thing. Because why? I'm a jealous God. Whoa, God's a jealous God. Hello, someone's insecure. (laughs) Right? God's not insecure. He says, I've done this for you. I want an exclusive relationship with you and I don't want to share you with anybody else. Look, to want your spouse to be faithful to you is a reasonable thing. In a way, you're a jealous parent. You want the best for your child. The very word jealousy speaks of ownership. You know, we're connected. You're my child. And God's saying, I'm your father and I want you to be faithful to me. So don't have any other gods before me.
0: That's Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA, and he's presenting a practical look at the first of the Ten Commandments, Don't Have Any Other Gods Before Him. The message is called 10, Part 1, No Other Gods. Let's continue.
1: What does it mean to have another god before him? You know, we think of an idol worshiper as someone bowing prostrate before some carved image. Yeah, that that would be an idol worshiper for sure. But that's not the only form of idolatry. In the epistle of 1 John, we read the words, little children, keep yourself from idols. There's a lot of things that can become idols in your life. Listen to this. An idol is anyone or anything that takes the place of God in your life. So the question is, who or what is your God? Everybody has a God. Even an atheist has a God. They'll say they don't, but they do. Maybe their God is themselves. Maybe their God is their atheism. But they have a deity. They have someone or something they bow before that is on the altar of their life. How do you determine who your God is? Okay, question. What do you get excited about? You know, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What do you think about the most? What do you dream about, plan for, perhaps scheme for? What do you spend most of your money on? What are you passionate about? That is your God. Now most of us would say, oh, the Lord is my God. Well good, I hope he is. But sometimes we can put other things in his place. It's not who we name, it's who we ultimately serve. Sometimes your God with a small g can be something that's not necessarily bad, but it's out of its rightful place. Idols are not always evil outright. Listen, the most dangerous idols are good things that are twisted. You can make an idol out of your family. What, hello, oh yeah. You can make your family more important than God. Well, we should focus on our family. Yes, we should, but the Lord has to be number one. If the Lord's number one, everything else falls into its proper place. God's more important than even your marriage. God's more important than your kids. God's more important than anything. God's more important than your career. And sometimes people make the career the God of their life. And yes, you should work hard and do what you can, but God needs to be in the number one position. There's so many things that can choke the word of God out in our life. And again, I emphasize They're not always bad things. Oh, sure, there are sinful things. There can be booze or drugs or illicit pleasures. Those can all become idols in your life, but it can be good things out of proportion. Jesus said it this way in what we call the parable of the sower. Remember, he talked about a sower that threw his seed out, and some seed fell on ground, and it began to grow, but it was choked out by weeds. And he said in Matthew 13:22 the seed sown among weeds represents a person who receives the message they receive the message but listen life's busy distractions his divided heart and his ambition for wealth result in suffocating the kingdom message and prevent him from bearing spiritual fruit. Did you hear that? Life's busy distractions. There's nothing wrong with your career. Nothing wrong with your schedule. Nothing wrong with all the things we're engaged in each and every day. But don't let them become God in your life and push the true God out of your life as a result. Keep God in the number one position. If you will put God first in your marriage, if you will put God first in your finances, if you will put God first in your singleness, if you will put God first in your career, I promise you, on the authority of Scripture, everything else will fall into its rightful place. Put him first. Because Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, right? Which means the rule and reign of Christ in your life, the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What things? What you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to drink, where you're going to go to school, who you're going to marry, everything you need in life. It will all find its proper place. But listen, when we come to the commandments of God, here's what we quickly discover. I can't live up to these commandments. I've broken these commandments and you've broken these commandments. And the Bible says if you offend in one point of the law, you're guilty of all of it. Wow. (laughs) Who hasn't done that? But here's the good news. 2,000 years ago, God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross and take the full penalty of our sin upon himself. And the Bible even says he took the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which is a King James' way of saying all the laws that said you're a sinner, and he nailed them to the cross. He did that for you. Because the the law, the commandments, don't make me holy, they show me I'm not holy. They're like a moral mirror. You ever look in a magnifying mirror? That's alarming, isn't it? (laughs) Remember when I was a kid, I'd look at old men and I'd notice that when they shaved, they missed patches. Now I have a magnifying mirror and I look in it and I say, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Missed a couple places, didn't I? But see, I look in God's mirror and I realize I fall short. But the good news is, it's not there to make me feel miserable. It's there to drive me into the open arms of Jesus who will forgive me of every sin I've committed. Yes, Jesus died on the cross, paid the price for our sin, rose again from the dead, and now he stands at the door of our life and he knocks and says "A fool, hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. And I want to ask you in closing, have you asked Jesus to come into your life? He'll forgive you of your sins and the commandments you've broken, and then he'll start changing you from the inside out. And if you haven't done that yet, you can do it right here, right now. He's just a prayer away. In a moment, we're gonna pray together. And I'm going to extend an invitation to you wherever you are, everyone in this room, wherever you are, this is for you. This is your moment to get right with God and ask Jesus to come into your life. If you need to do this, do it now. Don't put it off. This is your day, the day of salvation. Let's pray, Father. I pray now for every person here, every person watching and listening wherever they may be. If they don't know Jesus yet, let this be their moment of decision, their moment where they pass from darkness to light, the moment where they pass from unbelief to belief. Help them, Lord, to see their need for you. Help them to come to you now, we ask in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Greg Laurie, with an invitation to get your heart right with God. And if you'd like to make a change today in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg would love to help you to do that right now.
1: The Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I want to lead you in a prayer where you will be doing just that, calling on the name of the Lord. So listen, if you want your sin forgiven, if you want to know that when you die, you will go to heaven, If you want Jesus Christ to come into your life and take away your guilt and your shame, then just stop what you're doing and pray this prayer with me right now. Pray this after me if you would. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I have broken your commandments. I have fallen short of your standards. But 2,000 years ago, you died on that cross for me. Then you rose again from the dead. So Jesus, come into my life and be my Savior, and my Lord, and my God, and my friend. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me, and accepting me, and
0: forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you've just made that change, we'd love to help you as you begin your walk with God. We'd love to send you something called our New Believers Growth Packet. It's free of charge for those making a first-time commitment to the Lord today. Just ask for it when you call us on one 800 50 11 Well, tomorrow, more insight from God's Top Ten. Join us for another practical look at the Ten Commandments on A New Beginning. Same time tomorrow, right here with Pastor Greg Laurie. If you'd like a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, just get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It's called 10 Part 1. No Other Gods. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call one 800 Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.